Greetings, fellow wanderers in the fourth dimension, and welcome to the greatest show in the galaxy. My name is Eva Foster, and joining me as always, Mr. Mike Mould. How are you, sir? Hello. 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 And tonight, we're going to have a chat about another list. Uh, this is over on SciFind.com, um, and this uh, this was blew up about the sort of last year. This was published in uh, February, early February, twenty thirteen, and this is a. 11 Ladies of Doctor Who. So this is an alternative history that if all the Doctors were cast, it, uh, it was a female role and it was female females from the beginning. It's uh, just imagining the what 11 actresses would have played the Doctor, essentially. So we're going to go through that and uh, have a have a chat about what we think of their choices. So, um, Mike, why don't you kick us off and read uh, their choice for the first Doctor? Okay, their, first, their choice for the first Doctor is a lady known as Joyce Grenfell. Doctor Who began as a show with the odds stacked against it. A crew of Mavericks put together so the BBC could say they'd given them a fair chance before firing them. However, instead of bowing to the seemingly inevitable, the crew decided to take their once-in-a-lifetime opportunity and work it for all it was worth. Then, the result was Joyce Grenfell being cast as the first Doctor. Best known as a perky, cheerful figure in post-war Britain, Grenfell relished the op- being given the opportunity to play a darker, more mercurial role. Her Doctor was a chaotic th- figure, a cheerful nanny one moment and stone-eyed maestro the next. Over time, the show even came to play with this, especially in Dalek stories where Grenfell would alternate between the school mom role she was best known for and the darker, intense element she grew to revel into, into tremendous effect. Signing on to the role amidst a sea of criticism, when she left, the BBC were flooded with tributes and pleas for her to come back. She never returned to the role, although remained proud of it for the rest of her life. And I've got to say, I think of the 11 choices they made, I think this might be my one of my favourite altern- alternative castings. Mm. Joyce Grenfell was a genius. <laughs> There's no two ways about it. The woman was an incredible actress, and I implore people that may haven't heard of her uh, to go and see if you can find any of her comedy on YouTube. Um, particularly, there's like a like a monologue sort of sketch that she did as uh, say this sort of school mum, ex- increasingly exasperated school mum, trying to <laughs> control a class of kids, mm-hmm. and it is hilarious it's so funny and you know i just implore people to check it out because i just think as well that it's it it's she doesn't turn up on lists like these mm-hmm. you always see like as we're going to go on you know helen mirren and do judy dench and yeah. sort of the actresses of our time but you never see people like joyce greenfield on this list and these lists and i just think that this is an inspired idea mm. um yeah it's yeah. a ex- really excellent choice i think mm-hmm. Moving on. Yep. Uh, to the second Doctor, Hattie Jakes. Greenfield's replacement was no less controversial a choice. Hattie Jakes had made her name as a comic radio actress and was involved in the Carry On movies, frequently as a matronly figure. However, anyone expecting a continuation of Greenfield's approach was in for surprise as Jakes took on the role in a radically different direction. A wildly eccentric, deadpan, puckish doctor, she used her reputation of physical stature to create an astonishing take on the character. A cosmic clown who could bring a tear to the eye with nothing more than a change of posture. On taking the role, decades later, Miranda Hart would cite her as a major influence. <laughs> wow. Hmm. Mm. I, wonder, I wonder where they got that idea from. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, it's just like, did you both pick these? Because, like, well, we need a big lass to be the second doctor <laughs> so we can say about Miranda Hart. Um, so with Hattie Jakes, um, I'm not sure about this one, actually. Yeah. Again, I think if you're British, you know who Hattie Jakes is. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you've got any sort of knowledge of the Carry On films, you, I mean, she was brilliant mm. in Carry On. And she was a great comedic actress. And she had a very, I think another reason why maybe they 
picked her as the Trout replacement is she had quite an odd personal life. Mm-hmm. Like, because she was <laughs> married. Wasn't she married to John the Measurer from Dad's Army? Um... A weird open marriage. Hmm. I'm sure I saw a dr- drama about this. Huh. Let me just check. Go on. Yeah, she was married to the actor John Le Mesure from 1949 until the uh, divorce in 1965. A separation caused by a five-year affair with another man. And she lived. He lived in their house, though, as well. I think it was like that sort of thing. Oh my giddy aunt! Yeah, I'm sure there was a. a it was a couple of years ago now. There was like a, a drama sort mm-hmm. of recounting her life story. I can't for the life of me who played everybody, but yeah, it was sort of about this sort of very strange. Mm personal life they had but obviously i think the reason why maybe they picked hattie jakes for the second doctor is because the equivalent of patrick troughton's famously yeah. odd personal life yeah I and mean, it's just i mean i i off the top of my head i couldn't think of anybody better better no but it's um, yeah it, it's I'm one of those things like, like, oh. you know so it's it's you sort of like it's one sort of thing you sort of tilt your head and sort of go oh really yeah, yeah. but uh, i suppose much like patrick troughton was back in the day i guess yeah, absolutely. So, the third Doctor, Honor Blackman. Now I could see this, actually. Yes, absolutely, yeah. Fresh off her success with the Avengers, Blackman took the show in a very different, far more physical direction than Jax. Her Doctor was an action heroine. The, the story's filled with car chases, explosions, and fist fights. <laughs> many fans welcomed this with open arms, whilst many felt the show had become the Avengers the occasional aliens. Despite this, her run was extremely successful and is noticeable for a series of... <laughs> Series of appearances by Vanessa Redgrave as the mistress. I would pay an incredible amount of money to see that, real. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, you've got to have like the action woman equivalent to to uh, John Pertwee, and actually, I think Honor Blackman's a great choice Mm -hmm. because exactly what she spent the 1960s and 70s doing i mean you know watch her watch any of her stuff on the avengers and that's exactly what she was doing well how goldfinger as well oh and goldfinger as well yeah Mm. only you know not with such a ridiculous name Mm. um it's just um yeah i think the the whole thing of it that doctor who in the 70s under pertwee's tenure was sort of you know one of those kind of action Mm -hmm. 1970s explosion car chase shows Mm. um like you say with occasional aliens that was a criticism leveled at it and well why not have you know the archetype avengers girl on there yeah um yeah so again not something i can argue about but what about vanessa redgrave as the mistress (laughs) incredible genius (laughs) that is incredible it's like if they ever decide to do a female masters list Mm. that's where the the real juice is going to be i think because that's a hilarious idea god who would be John Sim? Ooh. Ooh. Hmm. Well, think about it another time. Moving on. Yeah, okay. <clears throat> Fourth Doctor, Penelope Keith. <laughs> the show returns to the controversy that hit, that had defined its casting of Joyce Greenfell with Blackman's replacement. Penelope Keith was best known as a comedic actress, and to make matters worse, was in line for the leading role in The Good Life, a highly favoured sitcom being put together for the following year. In an immensely controversial move, Keith was awarded both roles and in doing so became the face of BBC TV for close to a decade. Her run as the Doctor was and still is regarded as the the definitive version of the character by many fans, mixing her naturally arch upper-class comic timing with tremendous flamboyance, laconic wit and theatricality. She attacked the role with a gusto not seen since the Greenfell years and proved such a success that jokes were dropped into the good life, hinting strongly that Margot and the Doctor were one and the same. (laughs) 
However, behind the scenes, Keith freely admitted that double duty and newfound celebrity was taking its toll, and ultimately she asked to leave both shows. By the time she regenerated at the end of Legopolis, and a cheeky final line was dropped into Good Life about Jerry and Margot popping out to Jodrell Bank for a picnic... Oh my God, she had played the role for longer than any of her predecessors, a record that remains intact today. And Keith was recent has was recently attracted back to the role for a new range of audio dramas. <laughs> now, again, I mean Penelope Keith is a brilliant actress, mm-hmm. and you know a great comedic actress. And you know I implore people, again not British, to check out some clips of The Good Life on. Mm. I, I mean, I think there would be some stuff that doesn't translate. Oh, yeah. And, and I actually think it it's struggling to translate now. I mean, there are funny bits, but it was sort of about... It was a comedy about people who gave up the rat race, essentially, and mm. turned into... And basically turned their home into, like, a self-sustaining farming and garden plot. Or at least that was the plan, anyway. That was the plan. And <laughs> they lived next to their extremely posh, aspirational neighbours, uh, Jerry and Margot, who were appalled at the goods <laughs> antics. Um it's you know a very sort of sweet and gentle comedy uh mm. i mean it, it's quite an odd i mean it wouldn't be the one that i'd pick if mm. i feel like because if you're looking at the website that we're looking at the picture of penelope keith is her in sort of a big coat and a big hat yeah and a scarf and a scarf so basically yeah. bakerist looking picture they could find of her mm-hmm. um i think obviously they went because i think tom baker brings a little bit of that kind of upper class not upper class but you know that kind of arch to the mm. doctor that kind of arch comedy and that is penelope keith's bread and butter so i mean um an interesting idea but i'm not entirely sure about it to be honest yeah um i think well it's probably one of the things we'll be talking about once we've finished the list but it, it's kind of one of those one one of those bits where it's sort of like they're just trying to find like a close analog to tom baker yeah exactly yeah so the fifth doctor joanna lumley Another former Avenger, Lumley was given the thankless task of succeeding Keith in the role. She responded to this with a plum, opting to go in the exact opposite direction to Keith's performance, whilst at the same time keeping an inherently British approach. Dressed in cricket whites with, with an air of the polite swashbuckler to her, the Lumley's fifth doctor was arguably the nicest version of the character, a woman desperate to save everyone and shown again and again that she could not. Despite this, Lumley's continues Keith's sense of humour in the role and both were major influences on Perkins' performance, with Lumley appearing alongside her in Time Crash. Mm, you say with this, I'm not sure if Joanna Lumley really fits that description that they've given of the Fifth Doctor. I mean, obviously, because we can imagine Peter Davison do it, but I'm not mm. sure that really Joanna Lumley's really sort of would the... pull that off. I mean, I'm not. She's a, again, she's a great actress, mm-hmm. but I can't really see her doing it. No, myself. I mean, if you, I would say watch Sapphire and Still, and I'd mm-hmm. be thinking more like her portrayal of Sapphire with a bit more kind of obviously with some emotions rather than just being kind of a blank slate like she is Mm -hmm. Um, in that. I mean, um, yeah, it's an interesting idea again, but um, I don't know. I just, it's one of those ones doesn't quite work for me on this list, I think. Yeah. Yeah. But again, it's sort of like, who could you have? Who could you have at that point? Yeah, Mm -hmm. indeed. I mean, it's, you know, this is the thing. I mean, we're, we're, you know, we don't want to like necessarily slam this list, but it's at the same time we sort of like you, you sort of think, well, who would be better? And you sort of go, well, okay. Sixth Doctor, Miriam Margoyles. Margoyles' performance was at the time widely criticised for being both too broad and too similar to early takes. 
Whilst this is debatable, it's clear she suffered from script problems from the outset and this tainted her... Oh, oh, hang on, typo. This tainted her <laughs> entire time on the show. With the advantage of time and distance, however, her run as the Doctor is actually one of the most interesting. Margot plays her as a truly mercurial, unpredictable figure, mood-changing scene by scene and with an unfettered arrogance the role had never had before, making the tragic events of several stories all the more affecting. Whilst her run was wildly... Widely regarded as the least successful in the show's history, Margot's doctors enjoyed over a decade of new life on audio, giving her the crit- critical acclaim she lacked and deserved during her time in television. Now, this is one of the other, I think, really inspired choices on this list. Hmm. I love Miriam Margot's, and I think that she could have genuinely, out of this list, I could actually see her as the doctor. Like, genuinely, <laughs> yeah. I think she could do it. Yeah, as, as um, like a for reals doctor. A for reals doctor, yeah, because yeah. she's, you know, she's legitimately bonkers. <laughs> she's, you know, a great actress. I would say that um, if anyone has seen Blackadder 1, <laughs> 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 um, her as the Infanta is something else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, and again, sort of the picture they've got of her is... Yeah, it's quite, she looks quite a lot like Colin Baker in that picture. Yeah. <laughs> Yep. The Seventh Doctor, Siobhan Redmond. Redmond came to the show with one merit, to give it back the edge that many felt had lost during its way during the Lumley and Mark Oyles runs. She did this almost straight away using her natural Scottish accent, her distinctive build in red hair and dressed very deliberately in male clothing. She played the role with absent-minded academic charm and razor sharp comic timing. This was tempered by a tremendous natural authority and age that she could call on to a chilling effect. Despite the actress being being the only actress in the role when the show was cancelled, her room remains one of the most fondly remembered and critically acclaimed. Can I just say, I don't know a lot about Siobhan Redmond. I don't either. I'm just going to look her up, because... Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. The name somehow sounds familiar, but mm-hmm. I couldn't place her. Mm. Uh, let's see. Hmm. Nothing's... Oh, she's in EastEnders. No. Uh... Hmm. Do you know what? There's, there's not. I'm looking at a Wikipedia page, and there's not a not heck a of that sort of like jumps out. Which, and that sort of kind of intrigues me because hmm. it kind of makes you. It's, it's always like good when you sort of like have these more relatively unknown actors like cast. I mean, look at Matt Smith. I mean, yeah. they've been in like what, three things maybe before he was cast as the Doctor. Yeah, and you know sometimes that's sort of like the good way to go is like have someone not a com- like like completely wild card but you know sort of where like so you could like bring one to a platform where people will sit up and take notice of them mm. you know rather than just being like oh it's that guy from such and such or it's that lady from whatever you know what i mean so yeah it's, absolutely mm. okay eighth doctor helen baxendale the Eighth Doctor's arrival was met with massive amounts of hype, with the unprecedented stunt casting of Julia Roberts as the mistress overshadowing the entire production. <laughs> but, you know, it makes sense, though, because she's Eric Roberts' real-life yeah. sister. So, yeah. Yeah. It, oh, just I've, thanks to Richard Smith, our um, our beloved leader, I can't think of her as anything other than that bloody monkey woman. <laughs> It came and went with little fanfare, with Roberts vowing never to do TV again and British star Helen Baxendale largely and unfairly overlooked. However, the Eighth Doctor would 
have the last laugh as Baxendale continues to enjoy huge success recording audio adventures for Big Finish with current guest star companion Will Meller. Oh, I see what they did there. Yeah, I see what she did there. Um, do you know what? Again, this is one I could actually, I can sort of see it in an alternative universe because mm-hmm. at the time this was out, I mean, Helen Baxendale was like big news. I mean, because Coupling was quite a big show because she mm-hmm. was one of the main stars of that. Again, a Stephen Moffat joint, if you want to check that out. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know how well it's dated. I haven't seen it since it broadcast. And she was in Friends as well. She was Ross's girlfriend that's, for a while. That's true. She was, wasn't she? Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, she was sort of, you know, it was sort of an actress you knew, kind of like the McGann's, mm-hmm. you know, the sort of the Baldwins of the UK so um, you know it's um, it's not inconceivable actually mm. that, that she would be cast so I, I can't disagree with that one actually I find quite not a lot to really pick at with that one no yeah I could I could see her as a doctor yeah, mm. yeah. so the ninth doctor Siran Jones the Ninth Doctor had everything to prove and the first trailers for the show demonstrated the exact level of bravado needed. Footage of Jones in jeans with a black t-shirt and a leather jacket sprinting away from an explosion were intercut with a monologue in the TARDIS control room where she not only trailed the show but made it clear just how dangerous things would be. Despite not being around for just one season, Jones' take on the Doctor is regarded by many few new fans as the definitive one. A combination of northern flamboyance and desperate, desperate need to atone for the sins of the time war make, it for, make an electrifying season with the chemistry with Rose and Captain Jack pushing these 13 episodes into contention for one of the greatest seasons in the show's history. But who would play the male, who would play, play Idris though? Well, yeah. <laughs> <Matt> exactly. <laughs> well, why not? Um... <laughs> Again, this is actually I I don't I can't really disagree with this one to a point. No. Um, Saran Jones is probably one of the most versatile actresses this country who's working at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, she's fab in everything she does, pretty much. Um, she could do it. I think it's it. I could I could envision it. Um, mm-hmm. The only thing is, do you see a little bit of bias in that? Uh, paragraph by any chance mm. do you think the person who wrote this loves the f- series one a bit yeah sounds a bit mm. <laughs> <laughs> well do you know what the thing with Siran Jones is if you were putting together a list of you know actresses you would like to see for reels as a female doctor I'd definitely stick her on oh yeah oh absolutely oh, yeah I'd, 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 yeah, yeah I th- that would be I think she'd be good for that yeah I think it's like I say I think she's one of the most talented actresses working in the UK at the moment. Mm-hmm. And um, 100% absolutely go with that. Yeah. Okay, 10th Doctor, Sue Perkins. <laughs> Fans still reading from the 9th Doctor's surprise exit are more than a little surprised to see Sue Perkins step into the role. In stark contrast to Saran Jones' mercurial, often grim take on the role, Perkins brought a lightness of touch and cheerful eccentricity that hasn't been seen since the Greenfell years. Complete with brainy specs, a newfound joy in her work and remarkable chemistry of Rose, the Tenth Doctor was a massive hit. The burgeoning romance between Rose and the Doctor, heartbreakingly cut short in Doomsday and revived in Journey's End, was praised by fans and critics alike, as Perkins became the first openly gay Doctor in the show's history. The final episode, her final episode, featuring the turn of Sheridan Smith as the demented mistress, having regenerated from award-winning cameo by Dame Judi Dench as Professor Yana, remain two of the highest-rated episodes in the show's history. Oh, there's Judi Dench. Oh, there you go. Sheridan Smith? (laughs) Shut up. Also, I'm pretty sure that Miriam Margulies is as gay as the day is long. Mm. (laughs) So... Um... Mm. Can I just say, this is one of the ones I really like. Mm. 
Yeah, I think that this is this is one of those ones where it's sort of like the sort of go, well, who would be a female David Tennant? Oh, yeah. Sue Perkins. Not to, you know, not to slight her in any way, but... I was I, saying, I really like, I love Sue Perkins. I mean, mm-hmm. she's, uh, funny enough, uh, with when she was, uh, she used to do a TV show with her comedy partner, Mel Goytrich, um mm-hmm. that was out when I was sort of doing my GCSEs. It was sort of like a kind of a ready, steady cook type chat show thing. And, yeah, I remember uh, it. Yeah, uh, it was really lunch. what it's called. Late, late lunch. lunch. It's yeah. really fun show, and I've been actually watching sort of her not a career, but I mean, I've all the times she's been on QI and Great British Bake Off, and mm-hmm. you know, she's written stuff, and she's done um, that show with uh, jo- uh, what's his face, the one where they go back in and do the um, old uh, cuisine type ones. Ah, uh, oh. oh, I can't remember. Yeah, but I mean, I've I've watched basically a lot of the stuff she's done, and she's fab, <laughs> but she's not an actress, I don't no. think. I haven't seen her do, or if it has, it's sort of just been small, tiny little mm-hmm. roles. So I don't really know, apart from the fact that you know she is slightly David Tennant-ish, why you would put her on this list. But there you go. Yeah, yeah, I think that's kind of why. I think that's why she's she's here. She's sort of like the closest to a David Tennant analog that they had. Mm. You know. Um, I don't know. Again, it's sort of like. I mean, she looks like the the part, but it's like who would you who would you have otherwise? But there, there probably is like a few people who could think of. Just can't think of it right now. Yeah, exactly. I don't think I'm podcasting. I'm too busy podcasting. <laughs> we don't think on podcasts. No, anyway. Absolutely not. And finally, the eleventh Doctor, Miranda Hart. The first real accusations of stunt casting since Catherine Tate's bravura run as Donna Noel will accompany the announcement that the well-known comedian Hart would be stepping into the role. However, just like Tate, Hart rose above the increasingly personal nature of the attacks and claimed the series as her own. A combination of jolly hockey sticks-style upper-class jollity, physical comedy and the surprising emotional depth meshed seamlessly with the role and led her an early run of fantastically well-regarded episodes. Later seasons have seen the character take a slightly different alien turn that many fans have trouble dealing with, but Hart remains a rock-solid core for the show. Rumours that she will leave in the yet-as-unannounced New Year's 2013 special to be replaced by Sophie Okinado remain unconfirmed. Oh, so there you have it. Um, <laughs> well, oh, blimey, Miranda Hart. I'm... Um, <sighs> it, well, I mean, again... If if you like her comedy stylings, then and you know if you're a fan of Call the Midwife, which mm-hmm. I think a lot quite a lot of people are, basically her character in Call the Midwife is essentially what they're describing here. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean she can do all that stuff. But um, as a doctor, I just don't, I don't know. I don't know why really. Just looking at this list, sort of overall, I don't really know why comedians kind of seem to be. Yeah, heavily weighted towards this list. I'm not really sure why um, they're kind of leaning towards that myself. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think we ought to talk about what really we want to talk about with this list is that <laughs> um, that while some of these these are really interesting ideas, mm-hmm. um, some of them are obviously in here because they look a bit like the male mm-hmm. version of the Doctor. Yeah. Yeah. Just a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll say, I mean, while, you know, it's an interesting thought exercise, these sort mm-hmm. of lists. And I'm not criticising people making these lists. But when this list w- went out, this one went massive. Mm. Remember, it's all over Twitter. And um, it was all over Facebook and basically everywhere. And um, 
while it's you know while it's an interesting thought experiment Mm -hmm. i don't personally find lists like this very helpful because if if you're going into this just as like oh wouldn't it be interesting if then Mm -hmm. fine but this like this often become a stick to kind of beat the show with yeah i find that it's like, oh, you know, why can't Helen Mirren be the next Doctor? Why can't it be Judy Dench? Or why can't it be this or that? And you just think, well, well, what's the reason of you want that apart from kind of tokenism? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I just sort of, as a female Doctor Who fan and someone who would describe themselves as a feminist and things like that, I just think, you know what, everyone, it's all right. Mm-hmm. Women will manage without there being a female Doctor Who, it's mm-hmm. okay. Put down your pitchforks. <laughs> there's plenty of women doing stuff. I mean, obviously, there could be more, and there's, you know, far too much blokey sexism in the world, and we all know this. It's true. Mm-hmm. But um, it's okay. We'll manage without, you know, a female James Bond and a female Doctor Who. You know, we need to make our own roles, not just appropriate mm. old ones for yeah. the purpose. Do you know? It, yeah. it's It's fine. Uh, it's sort of the same. We want equality, but I don't hear anyone writing a petition for there to be a Mr. Marple. <laughs> if you're going to be equal, everything's got to be equal. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Um, I mean, I I wouldn't mind seeing a female doctor, but I just, I, I don't think, I don't think it's so much that the production staff haven't got the stones to try and do it. I just no. think it's going to, I think it would be, it's such a minefield, I think. You know, it's. Uh, I mean, uh, you, you obviously, want to get. Just, I, yeah, go on, carry on. You, you want to get. I think it's. It always should come down. You should get the right person for the job. Yeah, As I've said that all the time. You shouldn't cast it for the sake of having the first female doctor, or the first black doctor, the first Asian doctor, the first transsexual doctor, or the first doctor to. I don't know, uses Link's body spray or whatever. I don't, you know, whatever. But it's such... I mean, you, I, I can just hear the uproar in my mind already just talking about okay, this. Yeah. And... Oh, absolutely. So can I. But I just, I feel that, like I say, I just, I feel that, you know, this constant kind of bashing of the show because it hasn't cast a female... Mm-hmm. It's just, it's so kind of, you know, it's counter, I find it counterproductive because yeah. I think a lot of female fans of the show, the mm-hmm. ones that people who advocate this are claiming to be doing this for, don't want, I don't think a lot of female fans want a female Doctor. Mm. I think that they love Doctor Who because of it being Doctor Who. Yeah. And not because they've got a crush on the lead actor. <laughs> it's because they love how the show is now and that's not to say it can't ever change mm-hmm. or like you say in the in the future if a female actress emerges and she's the best for the role and she auditions and nails it mm-hmm. and the production staff's like well here she is mm-hmm. then fine i'm all for it if you can you know if you're gonna just continue the, the show as it is but to to kind of demand that this happens you know for the sake of all women and for women role models mm-hmm. it's kind of insulting you know i can like what i like yeah. Because feminism enables me to do that in the 21st century. I can like what I like because I like it, mm-hmm. not because you know I feel like it's some sort of feminist statement or because I feel like I should only like it for now but spend the entire time 
going on about how I want it to be different because I need a female role model. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but that being said, I can't blame all these ills on this, you know, on this one list because it happened to go viral. Mm-hmm. Um, just talking about some of the choices, like I say, I think some of these are really inspired. I mean, I can 100% see actually see Miriam Margoyles as the doctor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I mean, could see it. Yeah. Yeah. I could, see, I could see quite a few of them. But at the same yeah. time, some of them are sort of like, well, that's kind of a bit of a stretch somehow. Yeah. Um, Sue Perkins is one of those, mm-hmm. 100% is a stretch. Um, I think Joanna Lumley, like I say, I can't I can't see that at all. Mm. Um, but one thing I will give this list a hell of a lot of credit for is it because um, it doesn't go back to the old standbys of Judy Dench and mm-hmm. Helen Mirren. Yeah. Because they always come up. Yeah. Always uh, on these lists. Um, but... Uh, yeah, it's um, it's an it's an interesting idea, and props them for thinking outside of the box on some of these. Mm-hmm. Um, say, but uh, yeah, I'm just having a look at some of the comments actually, and some interesting ideas in the comments. Julie Andrews, anybody? Um... <laughs> have you ever seen? Have you ever seen? There's a a video um, which is recut the um, Mary Poppins trailer as a horror movie. <laughs> no. Google want you that. To... Right. Okay. Go and look it up. Yeah. Fair enough. I'll have a look at it. Uh, look it up. Um, it's it's brilliant. There's there's actually a few of these trailers where they've recut the the film to make it look like <laughs> in a completely different genre. Mm-hmm. Like a few days ago, there was a poster going round that made Alien look like a like a rom com, <laughs> where it's a picture of um, <laughs> a picture of. Uh, uh, oh god what's her face brain um, no it's not Winona Ryder brain someone else Sigourney Weaver neither. holding um, Jones the cat and it like you know <laughs> Ripley in like pink script but um, yeah it's um, if you're going to do the evil Julie Andrews mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah yeah uh, it's just I mean Helen Mirren Helen Mirren Helen Mirren Helen Mirren Emma Thompson people were, could work actually i wouldn't hmm. say no to that yeah. have you ever seen Dinge. nanny mcphee it's basically yes. that only if the doctor was ugly <laughs> <laughs> yeah anna chancellor hmm. who's anna chancellor uh she was in the hour um oh oh yeah oh, oh i know who that is yes mm-hmm. yeah let's see anything else oh maggie smith Ah. Amazing. Yes. Interesting. Is, is there any, um, anybody you'd think would uh, make a good female doctor? Um, I'm trying to think, actually, at the moment. I'm kind of in the um, the Emma Thompson camp, actually. I mm. think that would uh, work nicely. But the thing is, though, it's difficult to try and... So I'm trying to think British as well mm-hmm. that's not on this list. Um, oh, God. Who was... Oh, what's her name? The lady who was in Midnight... Oh, um, oh, shit. Um, ah, God, Blaine's bragging. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, Leslie Sharp. That's it, Leslie Sharp. Yeah. Because, interestingly, she's in, a like, a cop drama with Taran Jones. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Where they play detectives, partners. Uh-huh. So, yeah, if you... I can't remember what that's called, but um, that's an interesting thing. But, but Leslie Sharp is amazing. So, mm-hmm. I mean, she would have been... 
a brilliant doctor as well, I think, actually. Because yeah. she's one of those actresses who could literally, you know, if she was, if she's like, I am a tree, <laughs> I do tree thing, I would 100% believe her. Mm-hmm. I'll be like going to work saying, did you see Leslie Sharp as a tree? It was fucking amazing last night. <laughs> <laughs> um, actually, one person, one actress I'd like to, I think would be interesting to see as the Doctor. I mean, since we'll never see her as Benny Summerfield, Lisa Bauman. Yeah. Because, I mean, I remember seeing a, a picture of her. She, she did like a photo shoot, sort of like in characters, Benny Summerfield. Yeah. Um, as, I mean, it was years and years ago, but... Looking at it, I could. I remember that picture. I could. Say, I think, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Drop the satchel. Give her a sonic screwdriver. I could totally see that. Yeah, I mean, if you've ever listened to any of the Benny audios, mm. I highly recommend them. Actually, there's about ten thousand of them now. Like but um, if you listen, if you check any of those out, they're actually really good, and you can you can hundred percent see that. Actually, you know, she kind of there's our audios where she's sort of dragging around a couple of idiot companions as well, and. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's uh, I think it's quite good, but um, yeah, uh, do you know what I think that if you were gonna, you could see that if there was gonna be like horrible stunt casting, you could see mm-hmm. someone like bloody Joan Collins doing it. Yeah, <laughs> jeez, <laughs> can you imagine? Yeah. <laughs> Although mind you, she does Snickers adverts in this country now, so yeah, I think she'll literally do anything they give us the money for now these days. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think that's. About as far as we can go with this one, I think. Yeah, now that we've suggested that Joan Collins will do anything for money, I think it's time to go. <laughs> yeah, she's pretty murderous now. I think she would actually kill us in our sleep. Perhaps mm-hmm. she should be the mistress. Yeah, she'd make a good Freddy Krueger. Ooh. <laughs> when there. Joan Collins is finding you in your dreams. <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. So. <laughs> So, ladies and gentlemen, we'd like to know what you think about this list. You can email us at greatestshow at uh, simplysyndicated.com. You could tweet us at greatestshowpod. I mean, you're on the Facebook page. I absolutely do. Yep. If you head over to Facebook and search for The Greatest Show in the Galaxy podcast, you should find us there. Go over and give us a like and uh, write some uh, stuff on our wall, like a young Herbert from uh, the suburbs. <laughs> And you know, if you if you're in the mood for more simply syndicated stuff, you know we've got things like Atomic Trivia War nine thousand. You got movies you should see: Starbase sixty six, White Star five, Nerd Hurdles. Uh, for those about to rock, uh, Masters of None, uh, all sorts of great stuff. So you know, go, go go have a look. You know, come back. We'll we'll wait. You can come back now. They're back now. That's good, right? Okay. Cool. <laughs> so anyway, thank you very much, Emma. Thank you, Mike. I shall talk to you next time.